0: Now, Birdsong,
1: fun and fascinating talk about the top stories in today's headlines. Birdsong may just be the most qualified talk show host in the business, thanks to his many careers in law, government, and education. Here's your host, Leonard Birdsong.
0: Hello folks, this is Birdsong again, here with you with a great show today. Got a lot to talk about We've got a guest, Dr. Sheila Collins. She's a grief expert, and we're going to talk a little bit about the children from Parkland and other children who want to march in Washington. Also, lots of things going on in Washington, D.C. You know, I spent most of my adult life there, was a federal prosecutor there, also worked for the State Department for a while. Is President... Trump going to fire Mueller. That's one of the things I want to talk about. Then there's the firing of Andrew McCabe. And what's going on with the women who now seem to be trying to take Trump to court? They're not just one anymore. They're three. There will be some dumb criminal law stories, a couple of riddles, and a Paul Harvey story if we have time. But let's start with our guest Now, there have been more than a dozen school shooting incidents in the United States this year, but the one a month ago, what I call the Valentine's Day Massacre on Valentine's Day in Parkland, Florida, was one somehow different from other school shootings. Many Americans seem to have become dumb to school shootings, but students are now rising up demanding action to keep them safe. So I'm bringing on Dr. Sheila Collins. She's a grief expert and I want her to tell us why this shooting may be different. Dr. Collins, welcome to Birdsong.
1: Well, thank you, Birdsong. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm glad to have you. Listen, you know, a lot going on. There's going to be a big march in Saturday in Washington. I hear there's snow on the ground now there. They're having a northeaster in the northeast in the, uh, east coast up there
1: yes i'm in pittsburgh i'm in pittsburgh and it is falling as we're speaking here
0: so well that's 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 uh too bad i I don't i don't have to live in that part of the world anymore but anyway we are you know this school shooting is different i want you to tell us in your opinion why it's different
1: yes yes well um the first thing i would say is that um the uh, initial reaction that you have in these kind of situations, uh, when anything happens like this, would be a kind of shock and disbelief, and you know, well, that was like that took about three seconds because right. uh, you know these kids knew what was happening. They knew they knew somebody got a hold of a gun that shouldn't have one. I mean, that, right. that that's for sure. Whatever the rest of it is. So um, anyway, uh, and and from the beginning of their reaction it has they they started to they started to act out of the clarity that you get when death is about to happen or is happening or has just happened when you're close to that even if it's somebody in your home in a very peaceful way Death clarifies things, you know. And,
0: yes, um, it does. And,
1: and so, uh, so, but we have a thing that says, oh, well, it's too early to talk about this and we, and these are kids and we better, you know, protect them. Well, that's too late for that, you know. So, um, so I, I was just, uh, totally amazed at their, at the clarity with which they came out of this initially. They, they looked, they looked at the camera and they said, and, and you know, they know a lot about, um, uh, sound bites. You know, you and I, we ramble on, but I mean, they, they just, I mean, they looked right in. The camera Bingo, thing. you got
0: me. <laughs> well, you know,
1: but but really, they looked into the camera and they said, we're kids, do something. Man, That's I mean, right. that energy and, and, came and the,
0: through. And the trolls came up saying that they are being, these are actors, these are not children. How about well, that?
1: Well, those kids, they didn't know, they didn't have any time for anybody to coach them. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, they stuck a microphone in their faces, as we do, you know, when something happens. So, no, no, it's – um, th- th- this is the generation. See, they 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 have been having school shootings their whole lives. Their whole lives. Yeah, and, that's right. And so so – and, and then, you know, there's that point. Uh, uh, Gladwell – Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell says it's the tipping point. There is a point when you've had – so much of something and you know nothing happens and it doesn't happen and then it tips and this is it i am sure and as they also I call the that the
0: straw that broke the camel's back huh
1: well it, it's true it's true and and i know you said in one of your um you mentioned uh, about children uh out of the mouths of babes you know i mean <laughs> that's that's another yeah. i mean when when they get that sharp and that clear um and that determined and uh it, it's 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 a force that just it, you know it's it's immovable object i mean uh, so uh, i've been i have to say in my with my broken grandmother heart i i i feel some strong positivity some hopefulness
0: well what do you think about this walk and before you get into it i'm looking at a headline out of a paper last week that says, kids walk as D.C. all talk. In other words, the Congress is not doing anything about guns, but kids are coming to Washington, D.C. They got thousands of thousands of them, as I understand it, on Saturday. What do you think about that?
1: Well, that's, of course, we have incredible historical evidence for the power of that. I mean, the March on Washington, I mean, you know, the Women's March. I mean, it does have to be when they looked in the camera and said, you know, uh, do something. Uh, yeah, do something. And, and in your body, you do it. It's You know, it's, you walk your talk, you know? Uh, yes. so, uh, so it's, it's, uh, I think it's fabulous. They're doing this and, and, the, and it's not going to instantly, that's the other thing, you know, it's like we want everything to be, you know, instant tea. I mean, put the tea bag in and we've got tea. I mean, no, it's not like that, you know? So, um, I think the other piece that, um, a bird song that is important here is that uh, we, we have a, a sort of an idea, well, you shouldn't act out of emotion. Don't right. not act out of emotion. Well, now, I agree. You don't act out of craziness, of course. But the word emotion, I mean, I'm a dancer. Emotion, it has the word motion in it.
0: <laughs> yes, right.
1: So, I mean, it's not about talking at one level, it's about putting your body. In where it is, and those kids' bodies have already been there. So, uh, the power of their walking and, and, and also honoring the dead, honoring the dead, not by speaking in whispers and, and that sort of thing, but marching, marching. And that's a part You're of a- their healing.
0: You're absolutely right. Now, I live in Florida now. Like I said, I spend most of my life in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. uh, but the children have had enough influence on the governor here. The legislature and the governor last week signed a bill, uh, changing the age from 18 to 21 to buy all weapons for people and, uh, banned Burt, these, what are the the bump stocks? Yeah. Yes, came up yes. with a three day waiting period before a person can get the gun after buying it. There hadn't been this kind of movement on guns in Florida in about 25 years. So the children did have some effect. On our state government, do you think this walk on Washington might help Congress to move off the dime?
1: Well, it's worth a try. I mean, you know, sometimes you just want to give up on those old guys, but, you know, um, I think that, that they're being held hostage, too, at times. Of course. So, you know how that works. But, uh, yeah, I think that. Um, I don't know. My, uh, you know, this business. They always say, "Well, our prayers are with you." You know. Well, I don't know. My my dad had a view of this. He said, "God helps those that help themselves." You know. So if I want,
0: something, you know, if I
1: want something to happen, and I am not willing to do anything myself, well, then I don't know that God even hears that. I mean, you know. So I, I think that's what it means when we start demonstrating and walking and being there, putting yourself there, standing. You know, standing in solidarity also. That's another right. very important thing that happens, to meet the people who believe as you do. And not, maybe everybody doesn't, but where are my people? You know, These kids have had death threats. These kids have had death threats.
0: Now, I didn't so, know that. I'm glad to hear that. I know that the, our, the uh, NRA filed, as soon as uh, our governor signed uh, this new law, the uh, NRA filed a suit against sure. them as being unconstitutional what they've done about guns so I don't think their suit will be yeah. good or, 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 or change anything but I hadn't heard about the death threats
1: well and that's where I think uh, you had some a woman on your show that was an expert also on on grief and she was talking about you know there are the people who will be into Post-traumatic stress over something like this, and and it has something to do, of course, with what else is going on in your life. You know, okay. I mean, all the 16-year-olds are not having the same life to start with. Uh, one of them, maybe their mothers have a cancer, maybe their grandmothers uh, dying. You know, I mean, we don't. Maybe their friend just OD'd. I mean, so if you've already had a, a bunch of stuff happen, and then you have this happen. It's a very different situation, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. So I think uh, that uh, this this solidarity with people who who are saying we're with you, we're with you, and um, um, you know your 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 name reminds me of uh, bird song reminds me of the power of song. Uh, <laughs> you know, really, it is powerful. I mean, it is, and, and in the group that I, we sing a song, uh, in my group, my women's group, we wrap you around with infinite love and wisdom. We wrap you around, and that's what we have to do now. We have to wrap these kids around, I mean, and, and give them the support that it, that for their bravery and, and that they are standing up for us. They are Amen. standing up for us. Yeah.
0: Amen. Now let oh. me just change the subject a little bit. Okay. I know that you are also not only a grief expert, you are also a writer. You've got a couple of, at least one book, I know, Warrior Mother, yes. and you're working yes. on a new one. Uh, can uh, are they yeah. on sale yet? Uh, Amazon or other bookstores?
1: Well, yes, Warrior Mother. Warrior Mother. The title for that is Warrior Mother: Fierce Love, Unbearable Loss and the rituals that heal and mm-hmm. I got to be a grief expert not only because I'm a social worker and and a professional but also because I lost two of my adult children to horrific diseases they weren't this kind of loss but uh, my son died of AIDS and my daughter died of breast cancer years later and so mm-hmm. our family kind of knows a lot about this <laughs> and, yeah, and you told
0: me is, about that. And I'm very sorry to hear that, yeah, you know so that. I,
1: wrote, I wrote this book and because I found out going through something, you find out a lot of stuff that isn't written down and that you didn't know. Even if you're a professional, you didn't know it. So, um, this book has, uh, so I, it was a part of my own healing. Obviously, that's one of the things that can help a person to heal is to write about it and meditate on what actually did happen and go deeper into it. And so, um, so that's, so yeah, that book is on Amazon Warrior Mother, Fierce Love, Unbearable Loss, and the Rituals that Heal. Um, I have another book that, um, actually, I I did a TED Talk, um, which has some of the stories from that, and uh, it's called When Death Threatens, and it's uh, dealing with, which we often do, people have a challenging diagnosis, and then the family, it doesn't just happen to them, it happens to everybody, so, in the family, so, um, and uh, if people go to my website, they can get a download, a free download, called Tough Into Triumph.
0: All right, give Listen us at, give us the uh, yeah your website.
1: It's uh, w dot sheila k collins s h e i l a k c o l l i n s at yeah at, at, dot com. So it's my name, Sheila K dot com.
0: Okay, all right. So what about the art of grieving? When will that be out? Have you finished it yet?
1: That's what I'm working on now. Yes, and and there will certainly be some uh, of the wisdom of these young people in it. I'll tell you, I, I feel like every day I'm learning more and more about. See, because what I really recognize is we have to change the way we look at grieving. We're there's we have all kinds of grief all the time. It's not like you're done. You get to check it off. You know, right. I mean, you don't check it off till you check out. So, uh, yeah, well. so I think that's. Uh, recognizing that and if we're going to be doing this all our lives it, it's sort of in waves you know you have the wave of your grandmother dies and then you know and then and then you go back to what seems like normal you know and then another wave of something maybe you lose a job or something and uh, so it's part of um, we we're, we we're, we're doing it all our lives so we can get good at it and that's what I'm wanting to change the conversation about it and teach people a little bit more about what I've learned
0: well God bless you. As you know I also lost a child yes. and uh it was hard going through it, but I I say that I've gotten over it, but it, I think about her every day. Uh it she took her own life, it was uh, something never expected. But I know much about what you're saying. Dr. Well, Collins, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, you've got a lot to say. Uh, are you going to watch that march in Washington for oh, the children uh, on, of the children?
1: I am going to be with them. I mean, not oh, physically, but emotionally I will be. I,
0: okay. I,
1: I mean, I feel like we can do that. We keep in mind the people that we care about. And so, um, uh, the, my expression, I say, I will dance on their behalf. <laughs> I will dance on their behalf while they're marching for us.
0: All right. Well, Dr. Collins, we'll probably speak to you again because uh, oh, these so. things seem to keep coming. I'm so happy to have you on. Uh, I'm still waiting for a copy, the P- a PDF copy of your warrior mother that you said you were going to send me.
1: Oh, I will do that. I'm, I'm making a note <laughs> right
0: now. <laughs> All okay. right. Then. Well, I know you're traveling today. I'm going to let you go. It's been so good to talk to you. We'll probably speak to you again in the future, okay?
1: Absolutely. I look forward to it. Take care. All
0: uh, right. All right. That was Dr. Sheila Collins. She's a grief expert talking about the children of Parkland High School in Florida after the St. Valentine's Day shooting. This is Birdsong. Stick with us. There's much more today. Hey, Birdsong back with you, glad you're sticking with us. There's more to the show here today. We just finished talking to Dr. Sheila Collins, a grief expert, talking about the children at Parkland High School and the march that's going to go on in Washington when these children go up to try to change the minds of many of our congresspeople about guns. Now I want to turn my attention to Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. was my home for many, many years. It's still home, but now I live in Florida. There's no secret about that. But I'm troubled by some of the things I see that's going on. We have our president maybe on the warpath to fire the special counsel, Robert Mueller. Now, there are all kinds of signs that the president has been emboldened and he wants this this investigation to come to an end he thinks it's a witch hunt i don't think it's a witch hunt i think it's uh... an investigation into whether there was collusion in our election whether the russians did things that they shouldn't have done they're so in chaos in our political life and the president seems to not want to do anything about it however I think firing Mueller would be an awful bad thing to do. A number of congressmen are coming out saying that if he does fire Mueller, it would be the start of probably an impeachment for President Trump. Now, I don't know. Again, I used to be a federal prosecutor in Washington, D.C. I've been in investigations. I was a defense attorney. I represented people who were being investigated. It is a lot of pressure if you understand that you are being prosecuted or investigated by federal authorities about possible crimes. And it sometimes drives people around the bend. I think that's part of what's happened with the firing of the former Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe. He was fired last Friday night about 10 o'clock, and uh, it wasn't a very pretty thing. Attorney Jeff Sessions fired him. It was 24, or actually 26 hours before he was to retire, a move that... McCabe alleged was an attempt to slander him and undermine the ongoing special counsel investigation into Trump's campaign. Now, the problem with all of this, if he he may lose his pension, what's his pension? After 21 years on the job with the FBI, almost 22, he has a pension of about one point eight million dollars. That's an awful lot to lose. Now, the other problem that I have with this firing, and I know a lot about the FBI and a lot about Washington, D.C., usually firings like this don't happen this quickly, particularly to someone with as high a position as McCabe had, the deputy director of the FBI, 22 years on the job. Sessions, who fired him, supposedly is recused from anything having to do with the Clinton investigation or the Trump investigation. He recused himself, which means he shouldn't be firing anyone. I think that McCabe got a raw deal. He says, that is, McCabe came out after his firing on Friday night, saying, I'm being singled out and treated this way because of the role I played, the actions I took, and the events I witnessed in the aftermath of firing of James Comey. The release of this report was accelerated only after my testimony to the House Intelligence Committee, which revealed that I would cooperate, I'm sorry, corroborate Director Comey's accounts of his discussion with the President. You know that the President fired Comey back in May, and Comey then wrote memos and told all of his inner circle about what had happened. Now, Andrew McCabe has written some memos about what happened, and the president says, well, he doesn't believe these memos. But these kinds of memos that are written after some kind of conversation with a president or other officials have long been part of Washington, D.C. They're called MEMCOMs, Memor- Memorandum of Conversations. Also, this kind of concept is sh- uh, shrouded in the Federal rules of evidence, recorded recollection, notes that are written contemporaneously or shortly after a meeting can be evidence in a trial. So some of this should be able to come in. Now, again, the president may fire Mueller to help him get out of the investigation, but also maybe to get these women off his back. Now, we know, we heard about Stormy Daniels, an adult movie star who allegedly had an affair with Mr. Trump back in 2006 and 2007. She had signed an agreement, a non-disclosure agreement, saying she wouldn't talk about it. Supposedly, she was paid $130,000 to keep her mouth shut, but she learned that the president, uh, Donald Trump, he never signed the, the agreement, so she says it's void, and she wants to talk about it now. She wants to disclose what she knew. As a matter of fact, we learned just yesterday that she had also taken a polygraph, a lie detector exam, and she passed it, saying that all the things she said was true. On Sunday, there's going to be supposedly a broadcast of her on 60 Minutes where she talks about this. Unfortunately, president's lawyers say they want $20 million for violating the non-disclosure agreement. I don't believe that they will ever get $20 million for a non-disclosure agreement that's not signed by the person who supposedly wanted her to not disclose anything. The amount and the contract was what we call probably unconscionable. Seeking that much money and what's called a contract of adhesion. All law students, law students learn that concept the first year of law school. It's a one sided contract when one side puts on onerous things that must be done by the other side who have no bargaining power. So we will see what happens. Maybe Mr. Trump thought that this was going to go away. But it hasn't. As a matter of fact, Stormy Daniels is just one. We now know that there is a second lady. It's Karen McDougal. Supposedly, Karen McDougal was a Playboy model. She also had an affair with Donald Trump. She alleges in 2006 and 2007, she wanted to tell her story. She sold the story To the uh, inquiry, the national inquiry, which took the story and buried it, they paid her $150,000. But she's now alleging, (laughs) she's now alleging that she was tricked by her lawyer. Her lawyer was in colludes with the other side. She wants the non-disclosure agreement avoided so she can talk about her time with Donald Trump. Now, if that wasn't bad enough. Something else has happened. Donald Trump is being sued for defamation by a young lady by the name of Summer Zervos. She was on the apprentice. Allegedly Donald Trump forced himself on her, kissed her, groped her, did all kinds of things. She fired she so I'm sorry she didn't fire him. She sued him for defamation because he said nothing happened and this was all a lie. Summer Zervos filed a suit last year after publicly Trump said that he and other, she and other women were making claims and they were not true. However, the judge in this case, Jennifer Schechter, citing precedent, said that the president the precedent, of a person, of a president, to be sued. A sitting president is not immune from being sued in federal court for unofficial acts. Now, what we have here are three women who are suing the president. Maybe he will fire Mueller to keep this off the front page, because that's where it is. This is Birdsong. We'll see what happens. Stick with us. There's more to come. Thanks for staying with us. This is Birdsong back again. More to tell you on this show. Boy, there's a lot going on. A lot going on. The president may fire the special counsel. He looks like he's doing that, going to do that. What I forgot to tell you is that he's hired, that is Trump, the president, has hired a fellow by the name of Joseph DeGenova to be on his trial team. Now, I know Joseph DeGenova. How do I know him? We were assistant United States attorneys together back in the 80s. He was senior in the office when I was just coming into the office. He was quite political, and later on, before I left the office, he became the U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia. So he ultimately was my boss. I know Joe. He was a good prosecutor. He knows a lot about criminal law. But I don't think that Trump is hire him for his legal skills. Trump is hire him because Joe DeGeneva has gone rogue and has come up with this scheme that something's wrong with the FBI and they're all out to get Donald Trump. Joe DeGeneva, you should be ashamed of yourself. You've worked with the FBI. You know better than this. Spinning out these conspiracy theories is just crazy. Joe, get your feet back on the ground. Sorry I didn't say that earlier, but I just had to do it. Now it's time for some dumb criminal law stories. Hope you get a laugh or even a smile. The first story comes from Austria. The headline: Burka ban. A man in a shark costume was giving a, fi- a fine. A man in a shark costume was given a fine for covering his face. The worker was dressed as a mascot outside of the McShark computer shop in Vienna, Austria when he was asked by police to remove the shark head he was wearing. He refused. He said, I'm just doing my job, according to a police report, and the police fined him for $176. It appears that Austria has a strict ban against a wearing and anyone else who covers their entire face in public. <laughs> McShark computer shop. He wore a shark head. He couldn't have. <laughs> Oh, my God. California, next story. Headline, buy and bust. A man who chatted up a group he met in a hotel hot tub is now in real hot water. Andrew Harris asked the woman and two men what had brought them to the courtyard by Marriott in Mission Valley, California, when they joked that they were homeless after their meth lab exploded. Harris offered to sell them cocaine and LSD and the guests who were actually narcotic detective <laughs> and the guests who were actually narcotics detectives set up a buy and bust. Yes, Harris sold it and they busted him. <laughs> he was arrested. How silly. My God. A strange story out of Canada headline. Bang. A dog, a police dog, accidentally fired a gun while in hot pursuit of two criminals. The canine officer tracked the assault suspects to a grocery store parking lot in Alberta, Canada, where the doggy discovered a gun one of the men had tossed into a bush. Believe it or not, the canine officer accidentally discharged the weapon while retrieving it. We learned that no one was hurt. Bang. <laughs> All right, this next one from China. Dancing on the ceiling, anyone? A man is facing six months in jail after he climbed on top of his car while it was still moving. The man was caught on camera standing on the white car's roof and waving his arms around as he drove through Binzhou City. At one point, it appears a man could be seen sitting in the sunroof and steering with his feet. When he saw traffic police, he jumped back into the driver's seat and tried to flee, but was caught when he drove onto a dead-end street. (laughs) He would have been better off dancing on the ceiling instead of on the roof of his car. Connecticut. Headline. Clueless bank robber? A bank robber wrote a demand note on the back of his girlfriend's pay stub. Stephen Mayer, who's 20, allegedly gave a tailor, I'm sorry, Stephen Mayer, 20, 20, allegedly gave a teller the note at the TD Bank in the town of Seymour, Connecticut, and escaped with a few hundred dollars. Police turned over the note and quickly found Stephen at his girlfriend's house with the loot. Yes, he was arrested. A clueless bank robber caught. (laughs) When I was a prosecutor, I used to do a lot of bank robberies. We caught them because they usually were dumb. Maybe not as dumb as this guy was. Story from Michigan, the headline, Lego My Legos. A Granville, Michigan man maintains that someone stole his valuable Lego collection from his basement while he and his family were asleep. It appears that the burglars ignored Brian Richards' electronics, his camera equipment, and tools, but took his collection of the little plastic blocks, which he valued at $7,000. Now, in a follow-up to this original story, we learn that Richards had been collecting Lego bricks since he was five years old. Police are monitoring Craigslist and eBay in case the thieves try to sell the interlocking blocks, but no arrests have yet been made. Lego, my Legos. (laughs) Here's one from New Mexico. The headline just read, Strange Theft. Thieves in this state recently got a surprise when they stole a couple's SUV and the U-Haul trailer attached. The U-Haul trailer had a casket with a body inside it. A short time after the Albuquerque, New Mexico police... Nope. A short time after the Albuquerque Hotel parking lot theft, police recovered the abandoned 2005 Chevy Trailblazer, and the trailer with the remains of the woman's father. The couple had been driving from Oklahoma to bury the man in his hometown of Kirkland, New Mexico. Yes, that is a strange theft. People will steal anything. It's just horrible. How about this story from South Korea? The headline said, ouch. It has been reported that a woman allegedly cut off her husband's penis because he spent too much time playing golf. The woman who lives in the town of Yeosu, South Korea, reportedly attacked the 50-year-old man with a kitchen knife as he slept and flushed the member down the toilet. Police say the wife confessed to the crime with the excuse that her husband ignores her and left her broke. Oh, my God. (laughs) He should have slept with one eye open, huh? Here's one from California, another one from California. The headline for this one reads, Aiding and a It's been reported that a man was given jail time for a very strange assault in a Safeway grocery store. What kind of assault? It appears that Adam Cowarsh, 39, entered the store and immediately set upon one of the employees and began hitting him with a fresh baguette. Now the employee did not suffer severe injury, and co-wash, did not explain the reason for his assault. For his assault, but he be in jail now, aiding and abetting. <laughs> That's a new one, aiding and abetting. <laughs> All right, another story from California. Headline: Vanity, thy name is man. We learned that a fugitive from the Texas Ten Most Wanted list was caught because of his boasting in an Instagram post. His name, Christopher Gonzalez, an 18-year-old murder suspect, live-streamed footage of himself showing off a shotgun and other weapons. Now, Dallas, I'm sorry. Now, Dallas police got the GPS coordinates off his video and learned he was in Woodland Hill, California. They alerted local police in Woodland Hill, who quickly arrested Mr. Gonzalez. Vanity, thy name is man, boasting on Instagram. My, my, my. All right, just a couple more. There's always stories from Florida, and here's one. Headline: What a blockhead! It's been reported that a Dunkin' Donuts customer attempted to pay for coffee with prescription pain pills, according to police. Richard Bork, 30, allegedly offered up the pills at a shop in Pinellas Park. When the cashier turned him down, he snatched the coffee and walked out without paying. We learn the man was later arrested with the coffee and the pills. <laughs> All right, the last one of the day also comes from Florida. Headline, wrong place, wrong time, wrong woman. In this case, a flasher pervert picked the wrong woman to expose himself to on a beach. Who was she? A former federal law enforcement agent. It was autumn in Florida and the retired federal officer was out for a stroll on Vero Beach, Florida, near her home, when 48-year-old Paris LaPointe allegedly took off his shorts and flashed his genitals. The victim called police and reported the pervert, who was arrested and was charged with exposure of sexual organs. <laughs> Only Florida would have a law that said you can't expose a sexual organs. All right, folks, that's Birdsong's Dumb Criminal Law Stories for this week. You can go to my blog, Birdsong's Law, Birdsong's Law, all one word dot com. You can read some of my stories, and if you want to buy some, you can go to leonardbirdsong.com and order them, or you can go straight to Amazon.com. I've got fourteen criminal dumb criminal law story books that I've written over the years. All right, Birdsong has more for you. Stick with us. I'll be back. Birdsong back with you folks. Here I am. We have been having a great show in my opinion. I've had fun with it. We talked to Dr. Sheila Collins, who was a grief expert talking about the children at Parkland High School and the children who are going to Washington for the March this weekend. And I told you some things about President Trump. Seemingly he's going to hire, I'm sorry, fire the special counsel Robert Mueller. I hope he doesn't do that. There's a lot of pushback. I told you about the firing of Andrew McCabe, who was the deputy director of the FBI. I think he's gotten a raw deal. And there are three women now suing the president for allegedly uh, not doing things legally. In other words, they want to tell what they know about President Trump and their picadillos. Right now... I'm going to tell you a few riddles and see if you can figure them out. They're not hard riddles, but we'll talk about them at the end of the show. First one, what do you call a sheep covered in chocolate? What do you call a sheep covered in chocolate? Think about it. Second riddle, how do you cut the ocean in half? How do you cut the ocean in half? Number three, and the final one for the day, if two artists have a sketching contest, how will it end? If two artists have a sketching contest, how will it end? You think about those three riddles. We'll come back at the end and tell you the answers if you haven't figured them out. Right now I have a Paul Harvey story. I love Paul Harvey. He was a great broadcaster. His son wrote the rest of the story stories that Mr. Harvey used to read on the air. I've got one for you here. Story call is called It's Your Fault, Mr. President. We were at war federal spending, 20 times what it had been in peacetime. Our president was desperate for revenue. What he did was to push a bill through Congress calling for more taxes, taxes on the states, public utilities, banks, insurance companies, liquor, wine, tobacco, beef, railroads, and one additional one, an unprecedented tax on personal income. This applied to all incomes above $600 a year at graduated rates. So at that time of year, when you're digging in pants pockets looking for 10-month-old receipts, trying to compute deductions from mortgage payments and home insulation, fumbling through the remains of once well-organized records, confronted by endless unintelligible forms, looking around, wondering whom to thank, you can thank, that certain president, he started it. Did he imagine when he started this income tax how far it would go? Critics of the Internal Revenue Service are quick to note, graduated income tax is a basic tenet of Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto. And that is so. But in the United States, the communists don't take the brunt of the blame each April. The Democrats do. Through every Democratic administration since, and including FDRs, that's Franklin Delano Roosevelt, those with the most to lose in income taxes just can't wait for that Democrat to get out of office. Public antipathy for the federal income tax is stronger right now than at any other time in the last few decades. Some theorists are proposing major reforms of the system. An increasingly popular suggestion is that of taxing at a fixed percentage with no deductions. Under such a system, even more revenue might flow into Washington. If there is a common denominator in this present unrest, it is an aversion to increasingly wasteful and cumbersome bureaucracies, a fear with bias that our American dream is slowly suffocating under a paper avalanche. If the Democrats could just stay out of office for three or four terms, some have said, then the complicated systems for which the Democrats are believed responsible would be simplified. Those those critics recall one president in particular, the one who used a nation at war to justify the creation of a graduated personal income tax. While they are straight on the facts, they have the wrong president. The man who started it all, the U.S. president who watched federal spending climb 20 times, who sought increased revenue by the first ever institution of income tax, did so during the Civil War. Abe Lincoln, the first Republican president. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> that Paul Harvey, he was something. Good story, huh? Particularly since tax time is coming. All right. Here are the three riddles. Did you figure them out? What do you call a sheep covered in chocolate? What do you call a sheep covered in chocolate? Well, you call them a candy bar. <laughs> Second one, how do you cut the ocean in half? How do you cut the ocean in half? Well, of course, you cut it in half with a sea saw. (laughs) And finally, if two artists have a sketching contest, how will it end? Well, folks, it would end in a draw. Get it? (laughs) This is Birdsong. It's been great being with you. There will be more next week. Come back and listen to Bird Tongue. He always has something to say and some of you'll like. Signing off.